Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hey everybody, welcome to Stacy Connects. This is a show about making connections through conversation. Because by asking questions instead of making assumptions, we just might learn something. I feel like I learn something every week. Uh, And I also like to share what I learn throughout the week. So thanks, as always, to everyone that listens. If you like the show, share it. You can find it, as well as the show that Eric and I do called Don't Ask Me to Talk. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just take a look. Find it. Share it. Listen. Subscribe. Like, rate, all those things. Uh, We also, by the way, as just a reminder, we created a playlist on Spotify that is called D-A-M-T-T, which is uh, inspired by an episode of our Don't Ask Me to Talk show from a couple weeks ago where we shared our top five favorite albums, which was super fun. Uh, So you can check out that and check out my Instagram account, which is Stacy Podcasts. So. A reminder for those of you that are listening, if you want to call into the show live and ask a question or say hey, then you can do so by calling 425-373-5527, or you can always text me or leave a voicemail at 475-999-2726. I love to hear from listeners. I don't hear from enough of you except from my mother. And uh, while I love my mother and I love her comments and feedback, it would be nice to hear from some of the rest of you. Uh, Speaking of my mother, uh, hi, mom. Today marks 10 years since my dad died. And it has, uh, it's gone by pretty quickly. And at the same time, uh, it really makes me realize how he died far too young. He was 74. Um, and the lessons that I learned from my dad, who always seemed kind of cranky about things and impatient, and as he got more and more sick, the grace with which he handled it, uh, who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks or you can't learn from an old dog because he handled it with such grace, poise, and humor uh, that there was so much to learn from him. And uh, we all miss him, of course, every day, no one more so than my mother, who is currently at the Jersey Shore with Lee. Uh, Diane is not has not joined them this time. And I feel like the ladies... Are they friends with Snooki? <laughs> <laughs> uh, different part of the shore. All right. <laughs> Definitely a different... They're in... I think they're in Stone Harbor. Uh, and my... So my sister-in-law's sister offered her place there and the two of them mom said she had a lobster roll for lunch today and it was delicious and you know they're meeting people and you know just two single ladies hanging out at the beach doing the whole gym tan laundry but no no Snooky. Snooky would not be part of the glop um so anyway i just wanted mom to know of course that i'm thinking of her and i'm thinking of dad 
Uh, it's a pretty phenomenal thing when you get to witness a a complete love story. Uh, after my dad had died, when the question came up of, you know, is mom going to date someday? And, you know, like, of course, we didn't ask like the next day. Uh, but, you know, over time, you miss that companionship. And a lot of widows and widow- widowers who lose their significant other, they look for that. And, you know, so there's lots of jokes about that. And I said, look, you know, your love story is like a complete circle, like a ring. Uh, you know, the beginning and the end or have all kind of run together. And um, it's a pretty awesome thing to be a witness to. So I had a meeting today with a gentleman named Jordan. Hey, Jordan, if you're listening to the show, it was a great conversation. He does uh, video as a means of marketing. And I love meeting new people. I love when guests of this show say, you need to meet such and such a person. Or in my networking group, when someone says, you need to meet this person, it just constantly underscores what I am preaching about making connections through conversation and just expanding your worldview by having conversations with people. And uh, naturally, I had all kinds of ideas for him. However, I have to learn to, like, rein it in. I suggested that maybe he come on the show and I demonstrate the work that I do in my my business life by having him be a guest on the show. However, that can be a little unnerving. Um, so more observations and, uh, and conversations from the week. So I had a mammogram last week. Now. It's really fun for women that are listening out there. And guys, if you're listening and you're uncomfortable, you need to get over yourself. Uh, going in, and I know, Eric, are you are like... You, are you sure fun is the word? Well, uh, fun is tongue-in-cheek. Okay. So uh, I went in there and, you know, they, they're they like, okay, you know, dress undress from the top up and come on in, bring your bag. I'm like, there's nothing more awkward than wearing a hospital gown and carrying your handbag. Yeah. Like, that's just a weird thing. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sort of like, whatever, at this point, like, just steal it, add insult to injury, it would, you know, whatever. I feel so goofy carrying my handbag. And then you go in and the technicians, nurses, you know, whomever, that's running the machine, they're trying so hard to be conversational and casual, like... You know, hey, and this this time I was like, hey, come here often, uh, you know, because you sort of feel like, you know, buy me dinner or something before you're going to get to second base. And um, she liked my shoes. That was great. And every time I have this done. Uh, so for those of you listening, I am not a small chested woman. And whenever this process happens, you, for those of you that haven't done it, or if you're a guy, you basically have to take your breast tissue and put it on a glass table, and then this machine comes down and flattens it. You literally got to put them on glass. You've got to put <laughs> Wow. And yeah, 100%. And what is, it reminds me of the Flintstones. So the, those rappers were really just concerned. <laughs> yes. That's what the rappers. Should. Yes. Get regular checkups. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's what it is. Good. 100%. Uh, 
And it reminds me of the scene at the beginning of the Flintstones when they're at the drive-in and the the waitress brings out like the Brontosaurus burger uh-huh. and the car kind of shakes when they put it on the tray. And that's like, you know, she's like, okay, go ahead and, you know, try to put your breast onto the, the glass tray. And it's like, boom. And then, of course, the machine comes down and it flattens it. And she's trying to act like, you know, this is all very casual and whatever. And honestly, thank God I am larger chested because I think about women that don't have much. And that has got to be brutal. And so I'm speaking the truth about this process because it is not as bad if you've got something to work with. So to all of you out there that have nothing to work with, I, I feel for you. And uh, for those of you that do and you haven't had one or you're avoiding it because you're afraid, just do it. It's not that big of a deal. And you can have quippy one-liners with the technician slash nurse who I'm sure has heard them all. But still, she shows that she is game. Um, so anyway, so that was fun. And by the way, I already got the results back and everything is good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. So next up is uh, a colonoscopy. I am not excited about that either, but good news. <laughs> but that's next up for me too. Is it? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we should have like a colonoscopy date. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll wait for your uh, recommendation oh, on who to go to. Okay, then, that's, yeah. that's nice of you. Typical guy letting the woman go first. <laughs> Chivalry? Ladies first. Oh, yes. Right, exactly. Question mark, no. Um. Well, and two things about that. One, I learned that you don't have to do the drink anymore. They now have like a pill that you can take. It has the same effect Mm -hmm. that empties you out. But here's the thing. I'm not actually concerned about the emptying process, nor am I concerned about what happens when I'm under. Because A, I'm not there. It's a professional. Like, if, if that makes you happy, you do you. It's it was always the drinking thing, hmm. and I really have a hard time. So this time. would not be your first one? Then. No, I haven't done it. Oh, okay. I've been sort of avoiding it uh-huh. because I was like, I will end up going in not having had all of the liquid. But you've witnessed other. I just know about folks. it okay. because like, my husband's done it. Right. And, yeah. Okay. Because I've, so, I've never done it, so I'm, oh, I'm learning here Oh, as, <laughs> as oh. you talk. So. Okay, yeah. So basically- but Last time I was at the, the dock- uh, she recommended that it's, okay. it's about that time to make an appointment for that. And I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically you're having to empty yourself out. Uh-huh. And you used to have to take drink this liquid. And they still have that. But again, I'm like, if I don't like a beer that I'm drinking, I can't drink it. Right. Like, I'm just very like, ugh. And so there's this new option where you can take a pill. And either way, it's like... Yeah. Having an enema over two days. And then you go in and they put you under and the procedure takes about 25, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. They check for polyps. If there's anything in there, then they'll take them out while they're there. And you're awake like pretty quickly. They wake you up. And similar to when you have your wisdom teeth pulled out, you're a little loopy. And uh, but you're feeling great. And then you just kind of go home for the rest of the day and chill. Um, but you're fine. And you find out pretty much right then and there what, you know, did you have any polyps? How do they look? Et cetera, et cetera. Right. So it's not really that big of a deal. It's like I said, just the liquid part. Yeah. Uh, now today on. Uh, the, the time chunk too. 
Yes. That you're knocked out for a day is, is kind of rough for yes. a lot of us busy folks, but uh, that is true, it has but to be done. This, it's important. It is important, yeah. and it's so much better to uh, invest like the time now because sure. uh, colon cancer is one of the most preventable types of cancer. Mm-hmm. So with prevention care like this, you can pretty much, they can find if there's anything that's even remotely precancerous and they can take it out and on you go. So, you know, we'll have to sync our calendars up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what inspired this part of the conversation is that this morning, uh, uh, Ryan be, Reynolds. Be like Katie Couric. I know, right? And we can get him not on camera, but but since this is on the radio and a podcast, we we could have the audio. Th- this is what inspired this. I don't think anybody wants to actually hear it. Uh, okay. It, so, I think it was ratings gold for Katie Couric, though. It was. And so you may recall that I have spoken in the past about a podcast that I was a co-host of called Between Two Cheeks. Yes. Yes. And it was basically 20 episodes of everything you never didn't want to know about getting a Brazilian wax slash sugaring. And the one of the final episodes I got on camera, neck up, thank you. A Brazilian. And so this morning when I went on to YouTube and I saw that Ryan Reynolds and his, uh, I think it's Rob McElhaney, who is uh, his Wrexham soccer club co-owner, they did a bit about how uh, Robin bet, uh, oh my gosh, Ryan bet Rob that he couldn't learn Welch and that if he lost the bet, then they could film his colonoscopy. I know Welsh people that can't learn Welsh, well, so <laughs> that so, is a challenge. Right? So yes. he he did it. I mean, who knows how well he did it, but right. he did it. And so Ryan lost and had to get the colonoscopy, and it was recorded, obviously all in good taste. And then they returned the favor, and it was really all to raise awareness about getting screenings and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, great idea, Ryan Reynolds. I did it first, except with a Brazilian. And, I mean, that hurts more. And you're awake for it. Just saying. Men are wusses. Um, all right. So we're going to sync our calendars. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is on Friday night, I went to see Tyler Henry. Do you know who he is, Eric? No. I'm not surprised. So Tyler is Henry. Is he Medea, uh, the Medea movies? No, that's Tyler Perry. Okay. (laughs) Tyler Henry is the Hollywood medium. Oh, okay. So he is this guy that came into our consciousness, uh, I think, in 2016 or 2017. He got a show on the E! Network, and he would meet with the Hollywood elite, and he would read, like, do a reading for them and, like, send messages of uh, comfort and answers to people that have, uh, from people that have passed. And so apparently he goes on tour and my friend got tickets from pre-pandemic. There was rescheduled. So we went on Friday night. And so my first thoughts about going to this were like, does a psychic have an opening act? Like, what's that like? You know, like comedians have opening and uh, bands have opening acts. He does not, for those of you that are wondering, have an opening act. Um, 
And then he was a lot funnier and more self-aware than I thought he would be. So that was encouraging. And you sit on pins and needles because he talks a lot about, you know, his gift that he has and how he discovered it and what his purpose in doing it is. And then he starts doing readings from the audience. And, you know, everybody has someone that they would love to hear from. And he would just randomly sort of pick these people out of the audience. And the stories that people had, uh, the producer part of me couldn't help but be like, I 100% believe that he has this gift. There are things that he didn't get right. There are other things that he uh, clearly from people's reaction did get right. And I would also say, I don't even think Meryl Streep could act as well as some of these people if they were acting. There was some genuine shock and surprise and whatever. Anyway, clearly, though, if you are a medium that has lots of voices of dead people tugging at you, wanting your attention, like, pick me, pick me, pick me. As a psychic slash entertainer, you're going to pick the ones that are interesting, the ones that are poignant, the ones that are, uh, you know, have kind of the most, like, murder and mystery and mayhem. And so I was very happy for those people that had readings because, these stories were full of all of those things. And yet for all the rest of us that just want like a hey from our loved one, uh, that's kind of a bummer. But I get it. It's a show. Like, you know, a show full of hey's isn't as exciting as murder and mayhem and mystery. So it was fun, though. OK, last thing before we take a break, my Staceyism. So I was helping a friend yesterday work on a talk that she's going to be giving and uh, she talks a lot about bringing your whole brain to work meaning if you're somebody that is uh, left-brained then you're probably more logical analytical you rely on a lot of data uh, and you know that logical side of yourself and if you're right-brained then the theory goes that you're more creative you're kind of more all over the map and so my stasiism is something that's inspired by the language that I was giving her for this presentation where I said, okay, so people shouldn't, they need to be whole-brained and not half-asked. That's right. See what I did there? Because you're only asking then half of your brain for its like thoughts or opinions on something. So if you are being creative, if you're the creative side, then there may be some things that you really need to think about and you maybe need to look at data. You maybe need to consider that. And it's great to always make that gut level uh, choice or, you know, just on a whim or whatever. However, sometimes we need that data-driven side. And then on the other side, if you are left-brained and logical, then you need to get more in touch with the other side that you can stare information and, you know, like every single thing tells me this and I've looked at all the analysis and I've looked at the data and I've looked at the stats and I've looked at this and then still not make a decision. And at that point, it's like even if you make a decision, if you're that data driven, what if you're not 100 percent sure? Like you're never going to be 100 percent. So at a certain point, you have to make a decision. 
And so at that point, you go with your gut. So she chuckled. I thought it was brilliant. Um, So make sure that when you're making decisions, even in your professional life, that you are using your whole brain and you're not being half asked. <laughs> Look at that. Okay. I know. Eric just shakes his head. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to chat some more. Keep listening to Stacy Connects. We'll be right back. Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I am your host, Stacy Heller. A reminder that if you want to call in and you have a question, you can call 425-373-5527. Or if you have a question or a comment, you can also text or call 475-999-2726. I would love to hear from you. So um, I know you're used to hearing the sound of my voice, so it seems like I'm always talking about me, and the reality is I'm kind of always talking about me. Um, But I thought I would spend some time today updating listeners on me and what I'm doing. Most of you know me as the host of Stacy Connects, somebody who loves to hear the sound of her own voice, who loves to connect with people, ask questions, make connections, that kind of thing. And I love it. I certainly found my calling once I got introduced to a microphone. Um, I feel very comfortable behind it. It's, it's what I like to do. It also costs money, by the way, and I am not getting paid to just talk. That's right. I know it's shocking. I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, wait, give that woman a million dollars. She should be paid to talk. I agree. However, it doesn't work that way. So I have my business that is also called Stacy Connects, and it is something that has evolved over the past three and a half, almost four years. I really didn't know when I was starting out what I was going to do. In fact, the first name for my business was Axon Hillock Consulting, which is named after a very specific synapse in the brain that's responsible for uh, action generation. And Was all that on the business card? 
no. Okay. <laughs> and therein lies why I did not keep the name Axon Hillick. Because I realized that calling it that, it was like, oh, ask about the name so I can tell you how smart I am. Yeah. Or also, ask your doctor if Axahillic <laughs> is right for you. Exactly. Exactly. So, you Side know. Side effects may include. Exa- well, exactly. Talking. <laughs> Vomiting right. of the mouth. <laughs> exactly. You understand. So, uh at the end of the day, I realized what I am is I am a synapse. I am making connections. And so Stacy Connects seemed much simpler and much more approachable. And, you know, that that work that I do, it's hard to explain it because it shows up in so many different ways. I have helped clients with everything from design, logos, artwork for um, business cards, flyers, uh, swag that they've done, those kinds of things. I've actually helped do some interior decorating, not design. There's a difference. I have worked with clients on uh, so their spaces and having it the space reflect their brand more. I have worked on content writing for websites, for brochures, things like that. I have worked with clients on creating and starting their own radio shows or podcasts. So I do a lot of uh, producing from that standpoint. I have done so many different things and trying to explain what I do, it's really difficult. So it's taken a while and I updated my website about two months ago and it felt a little bit like a coming out. Now I'll I'll use it both in terms of like a debut uh, like in the old days, like a debutante, and a little bit of the LGBTQ plus community, this idea of coming out. Now, the reason I use both is because the debutante, it's like coming out into society. Here I am. I'm being presented. And then the LGBTQ plus is because I put on my website that I am an intuitive business consultant. And putting the word intuitive on your website or putting it anywhere associated with the work that you do is a little risky. It's like saying, you know, I'm a circus circus psychic or I'm a, you know, person that is a fortune teller that does this. And there's connotations related to that kind of work, those kind of people. I know a lot of those kind of people. There's air quotes around that. And uh, really none of them match the image that most people have. But still, there is that vibe. So coming out and acknowledging that I'm an intuitive in that way and that I'm daring to associate it with business was a risky move. But I did it. So you can check out my website, stacyconnects.com. And right there, splashed across the top, there is intuitive business consultant. And there's an image actually of the human brain and all of the synapses that are different colors that are activated in the brain when we're thinking. And it was a big step for me to do that. Uh, I knew that it was the right thing when my very left-sided or left brain husband was like, I don't know if you should do that. You know, when people hire a business consultant, they don't really want to think about that stuff. And I was like, that's it. That means I'm supposed to do it. Because, you know, it's not what he 
what he understands as a left-brained person. Um, and so it was a big deal. And I did it, and I'm really happy with it. What I realize is that there are a lot of successful business people out there that do not harness the power of their own intuition. And so let me harness my intuition and help you out. There's a lot of people from uh, Simon Sinek, who a lot of people really love the things that he has to say as a uh, a business coach, a speaker, somebody that uh, really has gained a lot of traction in the business world. Um, Richard Branson, uh, Steve Jobs, there's a ton of people. How, heck, um, Albert Einstein talks about intuition or gut and that it's something that sets them apart as business leaders. Because when you start a business, you are taking a risk. You're taking a risk with who you are, what you do, how you do it. And if you're a smaller business owner, you feel like, okay, that's enough risks for this lifetime. Now I need to take care of my family. I need to take care of my employees. I need to you know, work on my business. And so you become more and more risk adverse the further you get into things. And it's an interesting thing because it's being flexible and curious and open to taking risks that actually will propel you forward. And that is what people that are trusting their intuition are doing. They are really taking the risk of listening to their gut, which, I mean, I would guess, Eric, have you ever made like a gut level decision in a work format? Sure, when it was lunchtime. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for that. I always listen to my gut when it's uh, lunchtime. All right. See, you're one of the people that is like a total, not a total skeptic, but this is not your area. This is not something that you understand or that you get. I I get that it's important to you, and I, I get that uh, it's a part of who you are. So, you know, I think that's important. You got to be yourself. Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Do you feel that, um, that, you know, besides telling you that you're hungry, that there are things that there is hidden information that, you know, data and statistics and all of that, um, that you can make a, a, an intuitive or a gut decision? I believe that gut uh, decisions come from experience. So you're factoring in that experience, but your your brain working like a computer does it so quickly that it almost seems like magic. But it's really, you know, factoring in all these calculations of experience. So I call it experience. You call it gut. But I feel like it's the same thing, essentially. Well, what's interesting, I agree that experience comes into it because I actually, when I'm working with clients, you know, I will I will talk about how what I'm bringing into it is my experience and then I do and my intuition because there's some things that I have a knowing about that I don't have experience doing that. I don't have experience in that field or I don't have experience in that situation. And yet, you know, I'm like, this is 100% what you should do. Or, you know, um, I think about my son who, when he was trying to decide between a couple different job offers, he had, you know, 
one that's kind of the more traditional big four type route in finance and one that was for a smaller startup. And, you know, the the logical or the uh, data driven answer would have had him taking the uh, safety of the bigger company. And, you know, our my husband was sort of talking to him about that and, you know, what the what the end result of that would be and da 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 da. And so then he said, well, mom, what do you think? And I said, well, what's your gut say? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I kind of get like this nervous, excited I like feeling of working at a startup and seeing, you know, what I could do to make it to make it happen. And I was like, well, there's your answer. And so he doesn't have any experience with that. Uh However, it was just this idea that there's a nervousness and an excitement. And, you know, the other one, he felt like safe. There was no qualms. But the the one that he ultimately went with. But he does have experience in knowing uh, that feeling of uh, accomplishing something fresh and new and different. And that feeling of, you know, taking a chance on something that you're not 100% sure. And when it comes out, it, it just feels so exciting, that adrenaline rush. So there is experience there, too. Yes. Okay. Okay. What about <laughs> inexplicable times like you have, like, run out to the car with Gertie, you're going to go for a walk, and for whatever reason, you go back in the house, like, you can't find your phone or whatever the reason is, and you notice that you've left, like, the stove on or something else that has happened. Do you do you chalk that up to coincidence? Or do you see that as kind of, like, the universe? That specific thing hasn't happened to me, but I, I, I would I would call it luck if uh, you know if I I caught a mistake that I made and corrected that mistake. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. There's some childhood <laughs> stuff going on here. <laughs> Possibly. I see we've got a call coming in. So oh, you uh, go ahead back to the gut feeling thing. Okay, and I'll. I'll see who that is. Perfect. My gut feeling says it's your mom, but uh, we'll I'm, find out. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, I love actually having conversations with people that are like Eric that not so sure about the whole gut thing or intuition or is it experience or luck or whatever it is. And so it's kind of fun when people are skeptics. So you know, I, I love having the conversations because I don't have answers. I only have my beliefs. So, okay, who do we have? Oh, well, my gut feeling was wrong because they hung up. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, well, whoever you were, caller, I mean, call back. So, it's it's an interesting thing because the work that I have been doing with my clients, there are a lot of them that have had a similar belief to what Eric has, what a lot of people have. And, and it's something that I really love working with. And that's the person that I really enjoy working with. I did a presentation recently and um, one of the questions at the end of the presentation was, who's your favorite person to work with? And I was like, skeptics. Um simply because there's preconceived notions and it goes back to my whole belief about making connections through conversation. 
and, you know, having a conversation and finding connections and, and that kind of thing is, is really awesome. So whether you believe it or not, basically what I am doing is I am working with my clients to find, uh, what's, what's the best way to put it? I can tell if what they're doing and why they're doing it is reflected in how they show up and how their brand shows up. So that is through experience and through what they're telling me through looking at all the things that they're doing. And um, and so what is tricky, though, is finding my lane and staying in it without limiting my lines. What does that mean? So just because I notice something, you know, like, hey, you could benefit from a new website and you should consider doing X, Y, and Z. I don't build websites. That's not what I do. Pretending otherwise is not staying in my lane. I am, again, all about connections. And so if I notice that you could really benefit from a website that would give the people that go to your brick-and-mortar space uh, more information or you could do a video or you could do something, I'll make recommendations, but that is not what I do. And so I connect clients with people that can do that. And so finding my lane means finding the thing that I'm going to be able to help my client with. And what I meant by limiting my lines is I like to color outside the box. So I also want to have the opportunity to kind of color outside the lines. Um, It reminds me of when I was a kid. Yes, I was a weird kid from the get-go. I used to color a lot. And in my imagination, there were these two guys that used to run around the lines on any picture and would taunt me to try to color outside the lines. Now, it's taken some therapy (laughs) to figure out, were they trying to get me to stay in the lines or were they trying to get me to go out of the lines? Who are these coloring book bullies? Uh, (laughs) It's it's a bizarre thing, but I distinctly remember it. And they were these little men that like were wearing, you know, they were like the black lines of the coloring book. And in my imagination, they were running around the lines, like taunting me. Gotcha. And, you know, I'm like for forever, I thought that they were trying to get me to stay in the lines. And after much reflection, I realized that they were trying to say, you can go outside the lines. Mm. And now here I am. Yes, again, I've done a lot of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine. Um, So anyway, I don't think I've made any clearer what it is that I do. I just want people to know that I work with clients coming up with ideas, finding out ways for them to grow and strategize with their business and suggest things that are actually in their wheelhouse, things that they can do themselves, things that they don't need to hire a coach or a professional person or a mentor or a a this or a that, things that are absolutely within their reach that are creative ways to connect with their intended audience, customer, client, whomever it is. And I find that most of my clients are They're trying too hard to be professionals. They're trying too hard to convince the people in the back that are not interested in their message. They're forgetting about the people that are right in front of them. 
And it ultimately comes down to being authentic and connecting them with that thing that they think is an obstacle in their business is likely an opportunity. And they just don't even realize it. So look at that. Um, Let's take a quick break here. And then when I come back, I'll then talk a little bit more about my voice as an art. Keep listening to Stacey Connects. Have you ever considered working with an image consultant or stylist, but were worried about what the experience would be like? If that sounds like you, then Michael Bruce Image Consulting is here to help. They've worked with thousands of people, and many of those individuals have shared their experiences by way of style stories. Go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com slash style stories and check out what their delighted clients have to say about their experiences. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to Stacy Connects. Did I lose you all? Um, there's a chance that I did because you're all like, what is she talking about? Is she like doing drugs or something this week? What's happening? I'm not. I think you're on exactly the right station if you want to talk about intuition. <laughs> there you go. There's a lot of you other found shows. found the right place for that, for sure. Right? Um, and, you know, and I I use it interchangeably with like, I don't know. There's a spiritual, religious aspect to it. There's a, um, I don't know. It's just paying attention. It is paying attention to all the messages that your body, your mind, and your heart are telling you. So there. Um, so the other part of Stacy Connects, or Stacy is my whole voice thing. Uh, so I joke about it all the time. Uh, I got introduced to doing podcasts when I was with the Michael Bruce Image Consulting team and we were doing their podcast, Wisdom from the Wardrobe, which, by the way, is also a show here on KKNW that is on Mondays at noon. And it's also a podcast. Um, while, you know, that the first recording that we did, the rest of the team was sort of paralyzed and like, I don't know what to say. Like, how close do I talk to the microphone? You know, like... What do we do? Are we all going to talk over each other? Do we take turns? What do we do? And it was like I stood or sat in front of the mic and was like, it's finally my time to shine. And it was like a duck to water. I felt very comfortable. Now, again, this has nothing to do with the quality of the content. This is purely about my experience doing it and recognizing that as a kid that was always interested in the arts, as I've talked about before with guests on the show, I can't sing, basically got kicked out of the choir. 
can't play an instrument. Uh, in my episode with Keith Lowe, I share that my French horn teacher was like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, can't act. It's not good. Um, really can't dance. Um, this is turning into a Genesis song here. It, it is kind <laughs> of. It is. You're right. It is. Um, you're, you're ridiculous. <laughs> but what I found out that I can do is I can be myself. That's what I found out that I can do and that my voice is the thing that I have that nobody else has. And so... I think Phil Collins said the same thing. It, yeah, well... But he, he could drum too. But <laughs> <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Maybe you can as well. No, I can't. I mean, let me put it this way. I haven't but, tried, right. so I can't yet. However, I'm going to go with I can't. Um but I do think that so, you know, when you have a voice, like, what do you do with it? Right. So yeah. uh, it's kind of a tricky thing. So now I kind of need to find bigger platforms or I have to find different platforms because as much as I joke that it's like my voice and about my thoughts and whatever, I also want to make other people comfortable. I like talking to other people. I like bringing up the uncomfortable conversations and not being too serious about it. I like the idea that. You know, you and I can have a conversation, Eric, about intuition and, you know, go back and forth on, you know, is it spirituality? Is it religion? Is it practicality? Is it, you know, what is it? I like those, the healthy discourse. There's not enough of it. And so that is kind of the next thing that I need to figure out, you know, like, where's my next thing? I'm not going anywhere. You're not going to get rid of me that quickly. Um I've thought about writing a book, and that's something that my mom has been urging me to do forever. And so I'm thinking about that. And then also thinking about speaking engagements. I really need to figure out what my message would be and have something that I can speak to about for a long period of time without going off and completely random directions, uh, you know, trying to stay on topic and something that is of value that people can take away. And it's a big deal for me to say these things out loud because if you're raised a certain way, then you're raised, or it doesn't even matter how you're raised, the whole idea of ego and that talking about yourself and talking about your talents, it makes it seem like you're vain or you're full of yourself or you think you're so awesome. And people forget that really ego isn't just that side. It's also the insecure side, the side that keeps you small, the side that questions whether or not you're worthy or you can or the side that, you know, tells you to keep small. And so there's a certain point where, I don't know, whatever your gift is, whatever it is that makes your tail wag, in my case, it's using my voice and sharing what I have to say with other people, if it makes your tail wag and you're putting good into the world, then maybe that's what you're meant to do. And stop thinking that you're not being humble enough or that you're supposed to, to play it small. That's your insecurity talking. That's that converse side of your ego that is keeping you small. And what would happen if you actually believed the other side that said, you are worthy, you are good at this, you should do this, go and do it, have some fun, make your tail wag? Uh, what if you actually followed your 
gut or your experience that tells you that you're a little nervous, but you're also a little excited. And what would happen? And here's the other thing. If not you, then who? Going back to those business owners that I was talking about who, you know, me starting my business, that's a risk. Somebody that, you know, Bill Gates and crew building computers in a garage, that was a risk. Anything that people create, artists, musicians of any kind, um, anything that any of us do, it's ultimately a risk. And when we're happy with where we are, taking a risk got us there. And for so many people who aren't happy with where they are, what would happen if you went ahead and took the risk? And you actually explored a little bit more what makes your tail wag. And you followed your gut. And you found out after 52 years that your art is your voice or that I really want to paint and this thing that always brings me joy and everyone always tells me I'm really good at it but like I'm not really like what if you went ahead and you showed your art to the world and you showed people who you really are I mean what's the worst that could happen and it's this like okay so somebody tells you that you're not great who are they who are they to say so Yeah, I feel like I'm on this big soapbox and I'm having this moment of like, I gotta be me. Um, However, I it takes me back to what I talked about at the top of the show. My dad being gone for 10 years, uh, you know, he died when he was 74. That's too young. And, you know, he was sick for a while and everything. However... I think about being 52. That means I'm only 22 years off of that time. Not that I'm one of these people that thinks that I'm going to die when my dad dies or something like that. It just makes me realize that like 22 years is is a long time and not a long time. And it goes by like that. It goes by like that. And, you know, so I'm like, I got 22 years and I got to make hay while the sun shines. And, you know, kind of like, what am I waiting for to have my turn? And, um, you know, and it's funny because I get these uh, messages or these vibes of support from my dad. And what's interesting is my dad was not like a daddy. He wasn't like, oh, thanks, daddy. We're going to go out for ice cream or, you know, like there are just dads that are daddies. My dad was a dad, like through and through a dad. I mean, almost I felt like I should call him Mr. Emmerich. Um, (laughs) and you know, that's just how he was. Of course he loved us, but he was just, you know, he, for God's sakes, the, the man wore loafers to paint. And I don't mean paint paintings. I mean, paint the walls. Um, and so what's surprising is like, we didn't have this like really close, like, tell me, what do you want to be when you grow up, Stacey? Conversations while he was alive. And yet I have felt tremendous support for him since he died in doing exactly what I want to do. And that's been huge uh, to get that kind of support and to have somebody that, you know, raised you be so uh, supportive. And it's interesting being surprised by that. So, like I said, I I know it's 
a weird thing and it sounds like I'm on a soapbox. Um, but I'm not. I'm just being reflective that when you have something that you want to share with the world, um, why not now? Why not you? So anyway, I'm going to get flaclemped. Um So I'll tell you a funny story. On the Wisdom from the Wardrobe show this week, uh, this is kind of an aside, uh, Beck, who is one of the uh, co-hosts and one of the team, she was talking about how Heinz, the ketchup company, is doing some kind of a collaboration with ThreadUp and, you know, ketchup-stained clothing. They're selling them for a cause. And then uh, Fenty, which I think is... Um, Rihanna's company, she's doing something with Heinz as well, where you can get uh, lip glosses. But is it a lip gloss or is it ketchup? Anyway, Heinz seems to be getting into the fashion game. And when the story goes, I don't remember because I was a baby, that my brothers decided that they were going to get my mom, probably for Mother's Day, uh, a puppy. I don't know why my brothers were walking the streets of our town finding a puppy in the window. I don't know if they were giving them out side of a store. I have no idea really the context. I'll have to get some clarity on this. Um, but in my imagination, my wayward brothers are walking down the street and they say, how much is that puppy in the window? And they tell my dad about it and he drives them to the store and they bring home the puppy to my mother. I really don't think that's how it went. When they got home, they gave the puppy to my mother. My mother, in kind of a, no disrespect to my mother, but like a rare moment of real wittiness was like, I'm going to name it Heinz because this dog has 57 varieties. That's funny, right? So fast forward to the dog. Uh, It used to take us for a walk. It would bite everybody except for my mother. It was an unruly dog. Anyway, um, I don't know if it was weeks, days, months that passed, certainly not years. And my mom took us kids on a trip. And when we got back, Heinz was not at home. And according to my dad, Heinz went to a farm in New Jersey. And I will tell you that till his dying day, he did not tell any of us where Heinz went. And um, not even mom knows. So as far as I know, Heinz went to a farm in New Jersey and it was all good. And Heinz lived happily ever after. And my mom still keeps the spirit of Heinz with her fake boxwood dog that she has outside her door. She now has two. She had to have a replacement Heinz. So she has Heinz and she has Heinz Jr., otherwise known as H.J. So... There you go. Uh, Cheers to dad. Cheers to mom. Cheers to Heinz somewhere in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And again, thanks for listening to today's show. Thank you, of course, to Eric. Um, Next week, my guest is Stephanie Rogers. She is a multi-hyphenate talent who uses storytelling as a means of connecting and making change. Remember to listen to Stacey Connects. Remember to subscribe, like it, share it as well as uh, Damped, and you can follow Stacy Podcasts on Instagram. Stay connected, everybody.
Yeah.